Welcome to Healthy Churches ABNWT, a resource created by and for PAOC Alberta and Northwest Territories pastors and ministry leaders. The focus is on leadership development and congregational health. The goal is to help you reach more people. Visit abnwt.com for more information. Hey there, and thank you for joining us today. My name is Jeremiah Rabel, and we spend our time on this podcast talking to ABNWT leaders about leading prevailing churches and ministries. Today I have with me Brian Rutten. Brian has been a global worker in Ethiopia for 26 years, and he and his wife Val have served so faithfully and seen many great things. So welcome, Brian. First of all, tell us a little bit about those 26 years in ministry and what have you been up to? Great. Well, it's good to be here with you today, and we look forward to the time. We've been involved in Ethiopia. We went into the country at a time when the communist government had just collapsed, and so the country had been through really serious persecution and opposition, and the church had been driven underground. So it was a it was a tough time for the church, but now in 1992 when we went, the, the door had opened for the church to come in to open fellowship and and. As far as the government was concerned, no more persecution. But the religious persecution continued from the major religions of Ethiopia. And in these years, we, we came alongside that church that was coming out from underground and, and brought resources and our gifting and capabilities and, and financial resources alongside that church. It was a very zealous, very purified through the fire of persecution type church. And so we were working with leaders who were were looking for help but had zeal and energy and commitment and were all in for Christ. And cool. So it was an exciting thing and, and we were able to work with them in church planting, leadership training. And over the years, like many, many thousands of churches planted, hundreds of thousands of leaders trained wow. and it's growing fast still. And so we've been able to feed into that work with the churches in all different stripes. That Because they came out from persecution, there was a unity among different groups. They didn't really have strong lines between them. So we're able to work with all the different groups. And that involved church planting, training, and so on. And then God opened doors into the other major religions of the country, which I have to be a little careful in how I, how I talk about that. But massive, strong growth over the years, miraculous, beyond our comprehension, what God is, has done and is doing right now. It's, this last couple of years, it's exploded in, in ways that we could never have imagined and it keeps doing that so it's a miraculous time right wow now. and so you've seen a lot of people coming to christ in in ethiopia correct millions yeah. wow. millions in the evangelical church planting world and now it's growing into millions in the other communities wow and rapid growth and exciting growth so Solid. talk to us about how how are you i mean how are you mobilizing people uh, to reach their communities, to reach lost people in that country? Yeah, that's a big question because it's it's 26 years of walking with God through it all. But I would say in, in the simple principles of it, helping individuals do what God's called them to do, like helping them in the sense of training, if that's a possibility, Bibles or financial support to help, like there were... Hundreds and then grew into thousands of young men and couples and even many young ladies who felt called to go to villages beyond where they came from. They were part of their local uh, and approved by their local board or team of elders, as they call it, yeah. but had no way to go. 
and so we were able to help them with a bit of training, a bit of financial support, and they go. So really it's coming alongside and empowering and supporting people to do what God's called them to do. And it doesn't have to be part of our own movement or our own church. Or Like one of the things I see in, in that is it's not about, like we've made it often about bringing people into our church. Of course we want to do that. We sure. want to keep doing it. I'd rather have 5,000 than five. But it's not about that totally. That's It's about bringing the Christ into their world. Like, yeah. So go, with, for instance, a young man from Somalia came to me many years ago from Somalia, a troubled nation. It was, it still is an extremely troubled Muslim nation where it's very difficult. And he asked, he said, I want to know Christ and I want you to disciple me. And it sounds exciting and it would be easy to bring him into our church fellowship and disciple him there and let him sit with us in our church fellowship. But what he wanted was to know Christ and to bring Christ back to Somalia. Right. And that is a big challenge for yeah. him and for us. And, but we recognized it, and so we could go with him, disciple him first, himself, as, you know, as a believer, but then go with him into the world of Somalia. Somalis in Ethiopia, and then Somalis in Somalia, and that's still going. And that guy, I meet him regularly. He's doing stuff all over the world with Somalis and so the fruit of it has been good, but in a very, very difficult context. So going with them, like the new convert, another guy who came miraculously to Christ from the Muslim world of Ethiopia, and I won't say a lot more than that, but 20-something years ago, through a miraculous conversion of his own, came and wanted help to bring Christ to his people. So walking with him into his world has been a, a, where the fruit has really happened in that context. And now it's, it's beyond what we can describe and continuing to grow. And I'm in touch with him virtually every day, even while I'm here by email. And so it's like, go with them. And I think in the Canadian context, if we would understand it better, yeah. that it's not about bringing people into our church only. Yeah. Obviously, we yeah, do it's that. one part. But it's... Like, for instance, people ask me, you know, why don't we see so many miracles in Canada as we see in Ethiopia? Because we've seen everything, every kind, and still do regularly, constantly, to open new areas. Yeah. But my explanation is, miracles are to open the door for the gospel into a resistant community. And that kind of sounds like Edmonton. Yeah. Or any place in Canada. Yeah. Not for us in the church to enjoy and revel around, but to open the door to that community. And the person who experiences that miracle in his community, his whole community sees it, understands it. It's a miracle. It's not something you've got to try to convince people that it actually happened. And then they want to know why and how and what. Then rather than bring that person and isolate him in our church, go with that person into his community and so I've said to, to Canadians, and whether they like it or not, I'm not totally sure, <laughs> that you don't really want a miracle. Because what a miracle would mean is you now have to get involved in that person's life and that person's community. And, and it might be a community you don't even like. It might be a hostile to the gospel community. Yeah. It's going to cost you your life to disciple that community and bring Christ and plant Christ in that community. Wow. And let it grow there and multiply there. And those converts start becoming the planters into their own community. And you've got to walk with them. And that means a lot. And I could explain. But 
It's a <laughs> life. We're living it, right? We're living it, living we're it. seeing it, and we've seen it in all these different capacities. That's been the focus. Yeah. To when someone comes to Christ, go with them into their world yeah. and not just try to get them into Don't our pull church. Them out. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. So you have Christians in various levels of influence in the nation that you've, again, worked with, sent them out. Like, how did that happen? Again, I would, you know, it's a process over a long time. Yeah. And what I would say is discipling individuals and discipling, bringing them into a pattern of spiritual growth, into spiritual health themselves, in they themselves knowing Christ well and growing up into that image of Christ as Ephesians 4 tells us to do. And then their influence starts to grow. They do what they do, each of them differently according to what they're called to. But as their influence starts to grow, then they get put into positions in their communities, in their university or in the school or the police force. Or, and as the years go by, their influence grows until now we see those people in the all levels of government, in police force, in business, in universities, in like... I'll just leave it with that, but very influential people. And the way I see it is the biblical pattern is a guy like, say, Daniel, who was just a boy, but he was faithful, purposed in his heart, and walked with his God. But before he was done, he influenced kings and kingdoms. Yeah. And and he was the one who influenced Cyrus, king of Persia, to send the, the Israel back to their land after the 70 years. Like, this guy had influence, and that's the kind of people. And I think the church in Canada needs to understand that too. As you know, if we have people in our church, as we help them really grow in Christ, that that's a whole other subject. But yeah, their influence, where they live, where they work, what they do, is where the impact of the gospel is, and not just by tracts or or telling everybody about Jesus every day, which you might do or might not do, but the influence of your life in that position or place causes you to be more and more influential until you get into those places by by doing a good job by having god's wisdom i think and this is a little offshoot but i think that being filled with the holy spirit that's what it actually means not just us playing a little game in church and a few messages in tongues but our impact in the community the wisdom and i like for instance stephen in the book of acts it says they challenged him, but they couldn't stand up against the wisdom right, yeah. by which he spoke and the strength he had by the Spirit. Right. And so when I look at being filled with the Holy Spirit, I look at, a, at Isaiah eleven two, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of God and power. Right. Like to live a, a really impactful life. And if we as in the church can help the people that we are responsible for to lead really grow in Christ instead of not growing, just sitting there waiting for the rapture or something, they can have impact. Yeah. And like I look through the Bible and watch those people of impact, and that's what I want to be as right. a person of impact. But it's like God said to Abraham, 10 people who were really righteous now spare the city. Wow. Imagine 10 people just being there, not doing anything, just that they're really impactful, righteous, godly people. And so as we've walked with these leaders in different capacities, their influence grows until, and like, well, I just better not get there, but 
there's people in really high positions throughout sure. that are impacting the nation and, and as Ethiopia impacting the nations around Ethiopia by those people. And what, what do you think the Canadian church to, should be doing to, to help make that happen in our context here? Yeah, I guess it's a focus issue, like looking outward instead of looking inward. Right. Um, instead of being concerned about how many people I have or how many are coming in or how many are not coming in, what are the ones we have doing in their life? Like, how is their life going? And then it's a, it's another subject, but it's a, a very critical thing that I've learned in helping people grow is recognizing the old nature with its issues and the new nature empowered by the Holy Spirit. And I know that's, you know, we know that in our theology, but in real life, what does that look like? Right, yeah. And how do I put off the old with its desires? That's what the Bible says over and over through the New Testament. What I hear mostly in the West is, you really don't have to do anything. Jesus did it all. And that creates an anemic, unpowerful, unhealthy Christian. You have a lot of stuff to do. Put to death the issues of the old nature, Paul said, and keep doing that, the New Testament says. And then grow up the new nature. Yeah. Christ in me, empowered by the Holy Spirit, that new person, new birth, new life, new creation, grows up. It do, it's a baby to start, and it'll stay a baby buried under the, the rubble of all of the old nature stuff unless yeah. we do this yeah. by the Spirit's help. Put that off and put on Christ. And then have an understanding that our Christianity isn't lived out in the church. It's lived out in where we live. And the gifts of the Spirit, the wisdom of the Spirit, the anointing of the Spirit is where you live and where you work and in the school you teach in or the university you're part of as a student. or Like another thing we've seen, and it's just by God's amazing direction, is listening and walking with God. As we were working with the University Fellowships of Ethiopia, 50,000 students that are on fire for God in all of the universities throughout Ethiopia, growing in Christ as they're learning their profession in college, right. in university. So while they're there, they're growing and they're influential, they're winning, but then when they go out as engineers, you know, doctors, nurses, whatever, they're all the professions that university teaches, they go with an anointing. And if you have an anointed doctor, not just to tell people about Jesus, he will do that, but in his profession to bring life. But well, and it almost sounds like we we what you're talking about. We tend to we tend to pour that into our services and our preaching, and mm-hmm. you know we pray for the anointing. And we want, the, but you're you're saying, well, no. Why can't you do that in your profession as a teacher? Why can't you have a pre pre service prayer before you go up to teach or? And, and ask for those same things and operate under those. Same. Absolutely. For instance, if you are a university professor who's a believer and you're facing all the conflict that that brings in the Canadian world and God gives you a word of wisdom, that helps. Or a word of knowledge to understand something or the, the spirit of understanding or counsel of the Holy Spirit in that environment to deal with those issues. That brings fruit. That People start to recognize there's something unique here that's that's bringing help to our institution and that's growing it and developing it, and your influence grows because God is there. And then you have the opportunity to share as you share. Like I'm not talking about the, the witnessing thing as a personal witness, but your life as yeah. a powerful, anointed life. So you have the prime minister 
of a country filled with the Holy Spirit for real, like yeah. the Isaiah, what I'm talking about, or the gifts of the Spirit yeah, yeah, yeah. working in the context of leading a nation. Yeah. How great is that? Yeah. And we see that. We actually see that and see the fruit of it. Wow. And I mean, I think every Canadian would say, oh, that's what we want to see, right? We, mm-hmm. we want to see the church outward bound and influencing in all levels of our society. One quick word on that. It, it starts with one. It doesn't start with this. Like it started with 26 years ago with a person coming alongside, like, and you, you invest in their life, and 26 late, years later you see the wider fruit of their life and many lives. And, and so, it's, it, you know, we can say, well, we don't have a spirit-filled Christian prime minister, so this doesn't apply. We didn't either. When we went into Ethiopia, the communist government was hostile to the gospel. Orthodox religion was hostile to the gospel. The Muslim religion, like it wasn't like a easy walk in the park or something. It was one of the toughest environments in the world. But that's the wonder of the gospel. And I think we need to get back in Canada to that concept of the wonder, the power, the treasure we have in the gospel. So what would you say to a pastor or church that's mostly focused on you know, who, who they have, like you say, getting people in rather than sending people out, being focused on the Great Commission? How, how could we be a Great Commission church? What does that look like? Yeah, I think, I think as a pastor we are focused on, if we're a pastoral gifting, we're focused on the people in the church. That is the gift, a shepherd, take care of the flock, you know, healthy sheep. But we need to keep in mind the, the bigger picture of the church, which is um, evangelism, soul winning, apostolic, looking out over the, the horizons to where the gospel needs to go and be planted. We need the whole picture. And so I think the idea would be to, to help us understand, yes, we want to build each of those believers up so they will go out and do what we're talking about. But also I think there's a need to understand that anything we do that helps the kingdom of God go forward is good like and worth our investment. Not just what will help make my church strong or my denomination even strong. Like imagine if in, in Canada's POC people and pastors could help motivate another denomination right. to be really influential and help them grow and help them would we rejoice in that or would we think that that's somehow hurting our own chances of getting those people? Or, like, I, I guess I would put it this way. Rather than being focused on bringing a few people into our church, which even if you succeed, so if you have five, fifty, five hundred, or 5,000, you've still just got a little sprinkling of people. The whole city, the whole country is still out there. Mm-hmm. So rather than just focused on bringing some people into our church and calling that growth, whether it is conversion or, or any other way, help our people grow up and then bring Christ into the community. Like not bring people into our church, but bring Christ from our church into the community in all aspects. Mm-hmm. And God has given us you know, people who are, are very influential people in our churches. And I think part of the problem is that sometimes the pastor just sees them as what can you do in, in the church. So you have a guy with you know, a PhD in quantum mechanics or something and brilliant and loves God and 
Well, maybe we, you know, in, in two years we'll have an opening for Usher. You could maybe fill that role. <laughs> the guy could could change the whole city of Edmonton yeah. with the anointing of God. And if we need to get behind them and help them as they go out of our church into their world. Right. And just be part of that. They can see that kingdom stuff. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, Brian, thank you so much. I know there's tons more you could probably talk about, but thank you for spending some time with us. And as always, folks, share this with your team. We want to help you reach more people. Until next time.